All right, Am Bush, and today we are joined by a contemporary folk artist who took three years, I believe, to go ahead and study how Canadians experience, experience, express, and even repress their anger. And she went ahead and matched those topics with some very soothing sounds. When she crafted it together, she entitled it Calm a Fury. It is an 11 track ride. And of course, we're diving behind it today with my guest, the lovely Sarah Hiltz. How's it going today, Sarah? Pretty great so far. Looks like we're going to have some rain in a few minutes in Toronto. And I love rain, so that's good for me. <laughs> okay, so it's a good thing then. Okay, rainy day vibes can be a good thing, right? Right. Plants need it to grow. It is essential. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Hey, perfect. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that you get a rainy day to enjoy your afternoon then. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Awesome. And of course, we are here, like I mentioned, to discuss this new album, Calm a Fury. And right off the bat, I need to know what inspired this topic. Well, I I went through this personality typology system called the Enneagram and took a test that suggested I was a type one that is kind of known for their anger. And I didn't know that about myself. So I thought, well, this must be a wrong result. I'm not an angry person. And my partner at the time just looked at me, kind of tilted his head and was like, Sarah. (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) No way. What? How dare you? So I, yeah, I started to kind of give it some more thought and the research project of looking at how we experience, express and repress anger. That last one, the repressed part, that's my specialty. So I repressed it so well that I wasn't, I wasn't even aware of how much anger I was holding. So that once I realized that and started to kind of unpack what that means, how that impacts my life, I realized I, I need to learn about this. I learn about anger for my own sake, about how to process it, move through it, kind of just get get beyond moments of anger and not and not just hold them inside. Yeah, I wrote one song about it that sort of scratched the surface and I and it just felt like there was more to it. So I I just did a deep dive and on and on it went and and then here I am. That started. I wrote the research proposal in the summer of 2018. So I didn't start the research right away after that, but it's been almost a four-year journey now since the beginning of this this process. (laughs) Wow. So this was specifically to write an album then? Yes. Yeah. That's, that was my plan. Yeah. Yeah. I thought one song isn't enough. I can't, I'm not really able to express what I need to express or, or learn what I need to learn through the course of just writing one song. So I thought, and I've, I've had, I've talked to a few people who don't experience anger the same way, right? I have one friend who has no problem being angry and she doesn't ever feel guilty about it. And that's so different from my experience. And I, I just kind of went through life assuming we all deal with it the same way. <laughs> that's so naive. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. So I thought it would be I'm so interesting. I'm a guilt person too, right? You so, are, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're on the same page at least. <laughs> Like I just, I just, I don't like 
being angry, it makes me feel weird. Like, I don't know. It's like, right. well, I just don't feel like it's the best way to express myself. But then it's the same time. It's we should be able to feel our full range of emotions. And I'm sorry for cutting you off there. Yeah, that's OK. That's OK. I completely agree. Right. We, it's a it's an important poor important part of the human experience. And it's important to letting us know when a boundary has been crossed for ourselves or when something maybe requires action of us, anger can be an indicator of that. So, yeah. So I've definitely, I've learned a lot and I still feel like I have so much to learn. I'm not very good at expressing anger without alienating people. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe, I think it must be possible, but it's very uncomfortable to be on the receiving end of somebody's anger too. I think no matter how they are expressing it, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all up to the uh, individual and how they take it as well, right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. you can take anger as constructive criticism or mm-hmm. it depends on the situation. There's so many factors that go into it, which is what I, I like that you say that one song wasn't enough because once you probably started to dive into it, like you mentioned, you noticed that some people are easy with experiencing anger. Some people mm-hmm. repress it. It's There's so many different ways that people deal with it. Some of it healthy, a lot of it not very healthy for ourselves, like even from a repressing standpoint, right? Right, right. Yeah, that leads to lots of unhealthy things. It, it was making me depressed or I just sometimes end up carrying it in my body. I, like, I'll get really tense shoulders when I'm physically experiencing pain because I just don't want to deal with my emotions. And you know what? I just don't, I don't have time for that. Life's too short. (laughs) It's so very true. Life is too short. Might as well just express yourself and be you, right? Right. Which you did do through a few of these tracks, but also, of course, you did capture quite a few different experiences. Mm Mm-hmm through a lot of these songs. So when it came to taking someone else's anger or experiences, say even like the uh, first track on the album from like the perspective of one Sunit O'Connor, it's how was it sort of to take other people's anger and sort of put that into a perspective? I think I, I generally will filter everything through my own lens because I don't really want to speak for other people too directly. So the first song, I the, the the first verse there is written in the second person. So I speak about Sinead O'Connor and a particular experience that she went through. And the reason that I chose to write about that was because of how strongly I resonated with what I had seen in a video of her, which I can I can tell that story if you like, but but it kind of felt emblematic of what a lot of women go through in experiencing anger, not just me, not just Sinead O'Connor. And so that felt important to write that song kind of about something that that feels pretty universal for, for women. Anyways, maybe not all women, but a lot, a lot of them and a lot of the people that I spoke to throughout the course of the research project. So yeah, just <laughs> I would love to uh, dive into a, a couple of the tracks here. And mm-hmm. I mean, Retching was uh, sort of a double single uh, right before, released a month before 
the album came out, a double single with Calm Fury. And I feel like these songs sort of uh, balance off of each other because you mentioned how the first one's sort of about women's anger and otherwise, and reading into Calm Fury is sort of just how, like, very uh, an interesting perspective as well. If you want to dive further into these songs, please go right ahead. Right. Okay, so Wretching in the Wings was actually the first song that I wrote after I started the research. And I knew I had a note in, you know, just I had written in my notes, I want to write about this video I saw of Sinead O'Connor at some point. And I did a songwriting residency. I was going through, okay, these are the topics I kind of want to cover. So I, that was just the first one I picked to try and work on. And I wrote it about watching Sinead O'Connor at Madison Square Gardens, where she was supposed to perform for a Bob Dylan tribute concert. But that was just a few weeks after she had torn up a photograph of the Pope on live television. And people were really upset about that. It's 1992. So back, you know, speaking back to the Catholic Church was a bigger deal back then. (laughs) Much bigger. Right. (laughs) Things have changed. So when she walked out on stage, the audience at Madison Square Garden started booing. And they booed so loudly that she couldn't actually perform the song she was supposed to do. And so instead, she recited Bob Marley song, acapella, and just had this the fiercest look in her eyes on stage and looked so strong and defiant in the face of so much vitriol being sent at her by thousands of people. And then she just kind of like lifts her chin and walks off stage at the end. But then you kind of see her collapse into someone's arms off stage. Like once she's not in front of everybody that she just faced off with, she her body just kind of is collapsing under the all of that energy that's expelled in that moment. And so when I watched that, I thought that is how I feel. It's so difficult to bring forth the anger for me. And it costs so much, you know, to have to put up with people's reaction to it. So that's what that song is about. And there's a line in the chorus that says it's the cost of living when you are a woman who has something to say. And so that's that song and the first song that I wrote. And so I started performing it kind of right off the bat in 2019. And then I it was in my live set for almost a year before COVID happened and I had no more live sets. (laughs) And so I had the opportunity to to kind of see how this song was landing for people. And so many times the energy in the room would just shift and become tense when I would tell the story about watching this video of Sinead O'Connor. And particularly men felt pretty uncomfortable with me talking about a woman being angry. (laughs) And and I maybe like I I kind of tend to get kind of feisty when I talk about that story because it makes me mad. She was protesting against child abuse that's perpetrated and covered up by the church. And there's pretty much nothing that makes me angrier than people who hold power o- over others who have less like agency and faculty and abusing that power. Like that's I think that's the thing that makes me the angriest in the world. Oh, I can agree. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's what I, maybe I, I get a little bit animated. And I hope that this is another thing that is changing, but it's, it's still, I think is, 
it's uncomfortable, like I said, to be on the receiving end of anger. And a lot of men are still uncomfortable with a woman expressing anger. So that's what the song Calm Fury is about. It's actually about the observation <laughs> that I've made of watching people react to retching in the wings. That's kind of, that's sort of the direct inspiration, but it's broadly, like more broadly inspired by the concept of saying like, listen, you're going to be okay if I'm having a feeling like you're going to be all right if I'm upset, you know, and I'm talking about it. <laughs> so that's, that's what it's about. <laughs> well, it makes me laugh, right? Because you're telling this story about something that happened like in 1992, which as of our recording 30 years ago, right? So right. for people inside the room to get uncomfortable about you telling a story about like something that lasted maybe five minutes. Right. 30 years ago is like, why are you like, what, what's the issue here? Like, why? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't understand why. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Like, sure. All right. I mean, I'm glad that you're like showing emotion. Cool. Great. But like, I don't understand why it's making you angry at someone else's anger. What? what? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's more tension and discomfort. It's like people aren't getting angry. They just don't want to hear about it. You know, one time somebody shouted out, oh boy, we're getting political. <laughs> I thought, okay, is it is child abuse a political issue? <laughs> I thought that was pretty like bipartisan. <laughs> bipartisan. We can all agree this shouldn't be done. Right. It was like if you're on the other side of this topic, like I think something's wrong with you, sir. I just I I, I don't know, man. <laughs> right. It's not it's not a political issue uh, anyways, you know. It's a social issue. <laughs> Protect <laughs> children. Like it should just be easy. Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, makes me laugh though. And of, one thing that I thought was uh, truly beautiful is not just the way that like you weave these topics, like I said, inside of like very soothing sounds, but also uh, with this double single is sort of like came a lyric video that sort of touched on the uh, album artwork as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, what sort of inspired the album artwork? And B, how hard is it to light a chunk of glass or ice on fire? <laughs> <laughs> it, it took a lot of chemicals, I think. <laughs> so I worked with a friend of mine, Josiah Billigot, and had him on as my art director for all of the artwork. And so we met a bunch of times and did some workshops where I was telling him all of the different themes of the album and explaining the inspiration really directly and specifically behind each song. And he, he had all of these questions prepared. Like, for example, if your album was a, a superhero, what, what would it be? And what would the antihero be? Or what results do I want to see? And I said, I would love it if, because I put this album out, we stopped observing daylight savings in Canada because <laughs> there's a song called daylight savings that I that's about how much I don't like daylight savings among other things but so that he took all of that away and then came back with a few different concepts of what we could do and together we decided that the the best concept that most fully represented all the themes of the album and me as an artist was to take this floral arrangement and then freeze it in a block of ice and then set it on fire. 
And the reason for that was, you know, anger can often be thought of in a negative way and, and perceived as destructive. And so instead here we were portraying something that is, you know, living and alive, beautiful, like the flowers that are trapped in ice. And it's the application of fire that is revealing like what's really there and kind of liberating the thing that's inside. So it's a positive, you know, it's kind of looking at something that could be a destructive force and it's, and using it as a positive thing. So, and then in the lyric video, we just, we took a slow motion video of the block of ice on fire and it's just some slow moving shots of that for the lyric video. And so we, Josiah kind of assembled a team together for that photo shoot, a prop stylist and a photographer and another assistant photographer. And they used, what did they use? <laughs> like lighter fluid and like chunks of fire starter, different types of fire starter and gels that light on fire. Just all these various different things on the ice itself and in front of it and behind it to shoot, to shoot that photograph. Yeah. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. A lot goes into it, but a very powerful image, I must say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And of course, earlier we touched on people's reception to some of the tracks. What has the reception been like to the album so far now that it's been out for over two months now? Right. I mean, so far it's, it is positive. I think I'll have a better sense once I get back on the road. You know, it was just a bit of a strange time to put an album out when, you know, I I didn't plan any tour dates to coincide with the album launch just because we were in lockdown in Toronto. Yeah. So the online response has been positive, but the thing I'm really looking forward to is playing these songs in a room with live humans and feeling how it it lands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, seeing that uh, immediate response, right? Right. Right. Yeah. I and I I think it'll be interesting. So I did play one show in December before the album came out. And it's the first time I ever performed Calm Fury the title track live. And that's been interesting to kind of share that story of people being uncomfortable with retching in the wings and and just even over the course of the last three years since I wrote that song how I think it start it has started to land differently and of course we just have been through so much in the last three years that I I don't know I think I think maybe we're getting more used to people being angry and expressing anger over the last three years, it, it doesn't seem as uncommon. And it's not, not that it was ever uncommon, but I don't know. It's very prevalent, right? In the last little while. Yeah. yeah. Everyone uh, kind of understands it. Frustration's boiled over for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. they're like, you know what? I get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At first, when the pandemic started, everybody was just we got to pull together. You know, we're all in this together in the whole world. And I said to a friend of mine, oh, shoot, I think I missed my moment with the anger. I, you know, 
it's just all these other things that were going on. It's just, it doesn't matter now because we all are just having to really like be together and unified and nobody wants to think about this anymore. And then, and then obviously (laughs) so many things tanked after that. And suddenly it's, well, yeah, what, what she said to me was that, no, I think it's still, I think it's still an important topic. And she even sent me a little card in the mail that (laughs) to be like, it's, don't worry, this album is still going to be important. <laughs> People will still be angry at something, yes. I'm sure. Right, yeah. Yeah, the moment's not passed, that's for sure. Hey, and sometimes <laughs> we have to feel anger just so that we can appreciate joy at the same time. Right, right. yes, exactly. They sort of contrast each other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love it. And I've had a fantastic time diving behind this album. Of course, I would love to know. We've dove behind the process of crafting, creating, researching mm-hmm. for this album. So what I would love to know is how has this time in this process helped you specifically to grow as a person or what has it taught you about yourself? I mean, it's it's taught me that uh, that I am more detail oriented than I thought, you know. I I didn't like I'm a musician I went to school for jazz voice briefly but I didn't finish that and I've kind of focused on live performance more so I don't have a formal education I've never done an academic research project before and it just was this rabbit hole that I (laughs) fell into and I so I learned about myself that I really enjoy picking apart a subject and making lots of spreadsheets about it. And (laughs) so I learned that. And what was the other question you asked me? How did it it help you to grow as a person? Oh, yeah, I think I don't really deny my anger anymore. You know, I, I try to pay attention when it's showing up and acknowledge it, at least to myself, even if I'm not super great at telling other people in the moment when I'm angry. So that's, that's definitely an ongoing growth process for me (laughs) that I hope, I hope I'll, I'll continue down that road. I'm yeah. So I've, I've moved beyond the repressing part and what I would like to get better at now is kind of moving my anger into positive action. That's a, that's hard. It's a hard thing. Yeah, like I know, there are, you know, people attend protests and things like that and sometimes I've gone to a few of those things about causes that are really important to me. But it doesn't really quite feel like it's still it's important, you know, and I'll I'll still show up and be another body if I feel like I need to do that, but it doesn't really feel it takes a lot <laughs> because it's a lot of, I don't like to be around so many people and I'm generally a quiet person and it just feels really, it's like sensory overwhelm, you know, but I still haven't, I, I want to find ways to, to move that energy that comes up when you're really angry about something they care about. Not just like an ego thing, like not just my, you know, if I'm angry, like somebody's offended me, but things that surrounding justice, you know, that's, I need to find ways to 
channel that energy into action. So I'm contributing towards forward movement, you know, on things that are important. And I, I'm not always great at that yet. So that's like, that's another thing I'm learning about. But the project has, I never understood it. People always used to say, maybe they still do say, you know, you just have to channel that energy, channel your anger into something. And I, I, it was just a concept that seemed impossible to me before this project, right? When I was repressing it all the time, it was like, whenever I let this up, it gets really out of hand. So (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how I can like let it out without it just being like volcanic lava that destroys everything in my life. (laughs) There was just no middle ground. So I feel like I've at least kind of, I can let it come to the surface now without being super destructive. And I'm, I'm learning how to point it towards something that matters to me. Hey, it's definitely a process that uh, takes time day by day. And like you said, you got to protect your energy at that exact right. same time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, I'm glad that you uh, have learned quite a bit, it sounds like, from the process of crafting this new album, Calm mm-hmm. Fury. It is out right now. Listeners, you can go ahead and find it on your favorite music streaming service. Go out. Support Sarah Hiltz. Also follow her on social media as well because, you know, she might be hitting the road in the future. You never know. Yes, this fall, this fall. I might be driving right through Kamloops potentially. Oh, my ah. goodness. Oh, okay. Well, I've got to make sure I'm in town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to make sure I'm up to date on that. I'm going to be hitting that follow button as soon as I've done this interview. As the <laughs> listeners should be doing too. So they can stay up to date. Sarah, I have had a fantastic time diving behind this new album, Calm Fury. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Thanks so much for having me, Colton. And push. I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation with the amazing Sarah Hiltz as we dove behind her new, her latest album, Calm Fury which you can go ahead and find right now on your favorite music streaming service. I highly suggest doing so. And I also suggest hitting that follow button while you're there, as well as following Sarah on your favorite social media so that you can stay up to date with any uh, new music, tour dates, anything of the like that is going on inside of her world. And I have to thank Sarah one last time for joining us here today on this episode of The D. TP. I have to thank the outstanding Ola from over at Indoor Recess for setting this conversation up. The audio wizard and known as German from YPEditor.com for making it all sound so good. And you, the ambush for tuning on in, for showing your love of the podcast, your love of incredible music. And I thank you so very much for tuning on in to the show. If you've yet to join up with the ambush, it's as easy as subscribing to the DTP. You can also share, help us by, by sharing this episode, giving us a five-star review, and by heading on over to our web store. It is www.deserttiger.shop to copy yourself something and to show your love of the show everywhere you go. And now we leave you with this. Go out. Find your roar and then let it out into the world because you are a mighty tiger. You are courageous. You are powerful. You are wondrous. You are beautiful. You are all of these things and so 
much more. And don't you ever forget that. And until next time, am bye-bye. The Desert Tiger Podcast.